0: Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson and let's get excited because it's season number five. We're in 2021 and we're very excited for the future. So we have a great guest that's gonna be on the show today. Her name's Amy Scruggs. If you've heard her name before, you can Google her. She is very well known out there in the media world as well as um, she's an incredible vocalist and uh, just a joy. And I think that you're gonna really love her message. And it's basically a little teaser here to stop having fear when associated with money and your relationship with money. So stay tuned. We'll be right back, and we'll start that interview with Amy. Have you gotten a copy of our book, Wealth by Design, yet? If you haven't, please go to Elizabeth with an S. Dawson.com, and you can actually order a copy of the book right there. It'll take you right where you need to go and you get your, your copy. If you have questions about that, please give us a call at 619 640 2622. We'll help you and guide you along the way as well. Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and we have our guest today, Miss Amy Scruggs. And uh, she is a media coach and a TV host as well, and she's actually got something exciting that she wants to talk about, that she actually is going to have a book that's going to be released this year. So uh, I'm gonna I'm not going to take her thunder away. I want her to explain everything that's going on, but uh, we're thrilled to have Amy here. And again, we have so much to talk about. Well, welcome, Amy. It's so good to see you. Thanks.
1: So good to see you again. I'm so thankful to be here. Yeah. just great to see you back. You know,
0: in the office, and I wish we could have been face to face, but that's okay. I know, <laughs> I do too. And I, we're gonna kind of go back and pan for you know back and forth here a little bit. But so, so Amy, there's a couple of things that were on your mind that you wanted to talk about when it comes to the relationship with money, and I think that it's also something where um, you feel that there's some fear. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I think
1: had a tendency to have fear when it came to money. And it's taken all these years for me to even identify it. It's been this even the last year or two that I'm identifying, why am I creating the same patterns? Why do I see the same things happening? Why do I feel like I never move forward? And I realized there was so much fear-based. And as I looked back, I, I thought back to even my childhood of realizing that my I don't remember my parents really talking about money. When they paid the bills, it was very secretive. Mm -hmm. They went into their little office, closed the door. They, you know, we were very well provided for, but I didn't understand how that was managed what sure. choices they had to make so that we were well provided for what was going on you know in those decisions it was just we were kind of kept in the dark and then i went into adulthood very early i had a, a son very young and so here i was a young mom mm-hmm. as an adult now without any of those tools let alone the other tools i was missing but financially speaking i was hand to mouth. you know mm-hmm. paid the rent whatever a little bit went to groceries spent a little bit here and there and never even knew how to budget what little i had then so how as I grew into careers into my 20s and 30s and 40s, was I supposed to know how to do that? And I think that that's where I realized I always was afraid, afraid there wasn't enough times that we struggled, times that we didn't have enough, tremendous loss during the financial crisis, and everything went back to fear. Then if you get a little bit, then I'm fearful again. So I've, mm-hmm. I've inhibited myself from any growth because it was all coming from a root of fear.
0: So... You mentioned something which I think is really important because, as a money coach, there's there's a topic that we go through, and the money coaching process is really from um, from childhood. We we learn that our parents do certain things. We don't necessarily know why they do certain things, but like you had said, they were very secretive about money. They were very, um, you know, quiet about. Gosh, what the sacrifices that they had to make, the the work that they had to do to be able to provide life for you, but you didn't necessarily understand why. And we are finding scientifically that there is so much um, to be said about that because our roots start with our you know our childhood years, even though our parents maybe right. don't think that we understand. Um, mm-hmm. That's really where we can break the chain for our children so that when they go into their adulting and then they have children that they actually become more communicative as to why they're doing that. Uh, but I think fear probably started at a young age for you. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that it started with mom and dad? Um, something was triggered from mom and dad or a family member that maybe transferred to you in a fear? Do you, do you think that maybe happened?
1: I, th- I think so. Like my, my dad grew up in a very difficult home, very poor. He would share with mm-hmm. us how he had to, he wasn't even allowed to have shoes in the summer, mm-hmm. had to run paper routes to bring in food money for the family as nine, okay. by early as nine years old, but wasn't even allowed to have shoes because they mm-hmm. couldn't afford it, the food they couldn't afford. So my dad was raised extremely poor, um, and with his four siblings. And then in his twenties, the family started a business that then later on ended up being a massive company and corporation mm-hmm. in, um, in aerospace so i think the root of origin for me is my grandmother also being so poor all those years raising mm-hmm. children um had an abusive husband there was all kinds of stuff going on that was fearful and money and then my grandmother in her 50s became a multimillionaire, oh, wow. and then never never talked about it never mentored any of us mm-hmm. just became very bitter and quiet and we didn't know her at all so now my mm-hmm. dad is left with the fear base of not having enough but then being totally responsible and, and a good provider and cared for us no conversations ever took place with any of this. So I saw fear on both sides of that.
0: Hmm. So do, how do you think it it kind of manifested in you? Do you have any thoughts or ideas about that?
1: Um, I was afraid to have conversations with people because it was something secretive. You felt I felt that, well, I couldn't ask people for help. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not supposed to talk about money. You don't ask them sure. about money. don't talk about money. And so I didn't allow myself to get resources or ask questions because I felt like there was almost shame involved in that.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Did Mom and Dad communicate well about money?
1: They seem to the two of them. Yes, okay. I've never noticed that there was any difference. They seem to work very well, and still do to this day. Mm-hmm. They're very in sync with each other about money. They just didn't share it with us.
0: Well, and that's very common. You know, many many families don't want to talk to their kids about money. Uh, I grew up in a in a European home, and uh, my father was Italian, my mother uh, from from Vienna, Austria, and you never talked about money, so right. it, it's a miracle that I do what I do because uh, it literally is because you, you would never talk about money with mom. You would never talk about, you know, assets or the house or or, or dying or health or anything like right. that because it was taboo. Uh, it doesn't have to be taboo anymore, and I think that's where we can start to break down the trend of that, uh, which is so important
1: understand too with that. I have realized there wasn't any teaching about generational wealth. Mm-hmm. There was nothing in there that's like, okay, and this is what, you know, we'll use for, for your investment or how do mm-hmm. you pass this on or create generational wealth. But then I learned how to do that for my kids. Yeah. My instincts now that's different is as I'm growing and building and have opportunities come to me, the first thing I can think of is, how can I invest in my kids? How can I help this one start a business, or this one do the best, and this one's gonna need that, and what kind of things in my residual income can continue to trickle down to mm-hmm. my children and teach them how to use it wisely, have the right advisors like yourself mm-hmm. that I'm introducing them to, and, and say, here's how now that keeps going. I, I feel like it stopped with my grandmother doing what she did, mm-hmm. becoming a millionaire, and then just stopping, and nobody got anything mm-hmm. and with her. Oh, wow. um, that's and then my parents being secretive about it, and I still feel, I mean, if anything, that my parents have been wonderful to help me when I needed it, but I feel tremendous guilt if they have to help me with something. Mm. And I don't want my kids to ever feel that. I want them to know that what I'm working for is going to continue to be in abundance for them.
0: Well, let's talk about the kid part, you know. So with your children, how do you think that you want to pass down either the education or the, um, the legacy, if you will, of generational wealth? How... Do you want to lead by example? Do you want to have something where you're uh, maybe digging into something a little bit deeper just to talk about this? Because your daughter's the youngest of the four. Yes. So is there something more defined with her that you want to work on? Or do you want to work with the boys? What, what, do, you, what do you really want to you see know, happen? You know,
1: the boys being older, um, I have one in particular that I, I, I realized I want to get him licensed in a certain trade, And so investing him to say, here's the licensing, and here's all my network of resources I'm going to connect mm-hmm. you to. Here's the right sure. coaching. Here's the right mentor. Here's the right resource, and I'm going to invest in you in these things mm-hmm. so that you can continue create it mm-hmm. rather than just give it to them. And as my daughter wanting to be more of a scientist, I don't know what I can do except help make sure she's got the education resources, sure. again mentorship and coaching that she needs, and see what she needs after. The most powerful thing that's changed for me is that reaching out for coaching. So if I can teach my kids to ask for that help, mentoring, coaching, the right you know advisors like yourself, mm-hmm. then I know that that general generational wealth is going to be handled correctly, mm-hmm. but they're going to create it more. The tools as much as the money to give them sure.
0: to use. Sure. Well, and this is a money show. Ways to Love Your Money is a money show. It's a respect for money show. Um, and, and we kind of go into a lot of different stories or threads or wormholes, if you will, to get to that conversation. But with that said, a respect for money, because we're working so hard for money each and every day, Because we need to survive, or we need to live, or we need to not live in fear, and we don't. Everyone has their own definition of that. Uh, It's about translating that information now to the next generation, and also to ourselves. Because you know, Amy, you've had these feelings for quite some time, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you've had these these feelings for quite some time, then with that little that little seed that gets planted and you can watch it grow. It's about working as hard as you can, working smarter, but at the same time, having an acknowledgement of where that money is going and the decisions that come from it. Uh, You know, you have a profession that you do, Amy, and you can talk, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about what you do, because I think even from your coaching standpoint when it comes to media, you've coached us here with the show, which has been phenomenal, and, there's there's something it's it, we have a saying in our industry that um, was coined by a couple different people, but if there were something that turned out not to be true, when would you want to find out about it? And I think that's how the coaching floor happens because you know you give me insight to things that I maybe didn't think about before. and I've given you insight to things that you haven't really thought before. So, where do you think people should start? Because it doesn't need to just be when they're teens. Of course, it's right. just as important. But we know women that are in their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, and they don't have that conscious relationship with money. They might think that someone else is gonna take care of that. Right. And I think that this is a passion for people to get educated and to really know what their options are be great savers, but at the same time, it's about putting a plan together or putting a goal together. Um, I know that we've talked a lot about these things off camera, Amy, and've and we've, we've basically come up with a thread of, of different pieces that maybe work for someone, maybe they don't. But from an empowering standpoint, how do you feel about your relationship with money now versus, I don't know, six months a year, two years ago? Right. Um, where are you in your relationship with money today versus where you were five years ago?
1: The biggest shift for me is I'm allowing myself finally to not think about my money as month to month. Okay. I was in a horrible habit and I identified it mm-hmm. for all my adult years mm-hmm. and everything I looked at was, was that month to month mindset. What do I mm-hmm. need this month? Okay, is that enough for next month? I'm finally saying, how do I look at this Mm-hmm. For the next year. Yeah. Five years. Mm-hmm. What am I doing now that is going to afford that or create that opportunity or set this aside? For the first time, I, I I'm catching myself still looking at the monthly budget and going, nope, that's just right now. But this monthly budget also is a part of those five years and of those ten sure. years. And I think that's been a big shift for me to allow myself that which has allowed me to be excited about maybe receiving mm-hmm. and taking the fear out that I'm gonna make a mistake. <laughs> I can look at it
0: differently now was there um, a particular goal that you happen you know you you achieved or was there something that maybe just gave you that aha moment that said I want to I want to look at this differently I want to look at my relationship with money and I don't want to look at it on the granular level even though it's important to look at it on the granular level as far as you know monthly or even daily just to know where your th- your monies are at But was there something like, was there a shift? Was there a light bulb that said, oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense and I'm going to do things a little bit different now? Was there something like that, an aha moment?
1: I started to finally be able to to have multiple revenue streams. And then at the same time allowing those to realize that that can fund the other multiple revenue streams. Like we talked about even with the book, that's a different Mm -hmm. revenue stream. I'm making decisions now that need to feed that, that are going to need to support it but also knowing it's out there, that's going to be a benefit Mm -hmm. and and looking at my multiple revenue streams, which ones enter the security, which ones do I need to invest in, which ones will be pulling, this will pull into savings. And so I'm at the aha moment was looking at, how can I look at these things instead of always, I was paycheck to paycheck or just Mm -hmm. one resource. Mm -hmm. And then it felt it was never enough going, how can I create multiple revenue streams? And even if I, I do have to go back to only one. Well, what am I going to pull from that to invest to create another
0: multiple mm-hmm. revenue stream? Mm-hmm. I had
1: never had multiple anything before.
0: Well, now you do, which is incredible. I mean, having that multiple um, multiple resources of income streams I think is going to be amazing for you. And in addition, talk to me a little bit about the book because you have a passion behind the book that you want to share with people, and this was a big surprise for you in the last maybe, what, few months? and and now going into 20 yes so I would Um, love for you to talk about that it happened (laughs) yes
1: and uh I just said you know I had been coaching and private coaching and was continuing to do that and and professionals being put into a virtual world happened instantly to everyone Mm -hmm. and a lot of people that weren't used to doing virtual meetings like this or interviews or just you know their day-to-day work meetings when they used to go to the office all of a sudden are in front of a camera and having to stand out and deliver a message Yes, so I noticed I was Getting a little bit more demand, um, COVID kind of helped me with that. Uh, took an incredible uh, course with some some award-winning um, New York selling writers and put together the concepts of how I needed to take this teaching and put it to pen and paper. And I was so Great. grateful that um, taking that fear out, not worrying about what it's going to provide today, but maybe what it could be long term. And six weeks later, I had a publishing deal. I wow. They said yes. And I was shocked. Wow. So now it's a whirlwind ahead of, of a major worldwide bookstore release and online release in the fall of 2021.
0: That's exciting. So I know you probably don't want to give away the name of the book yet, right? Oh, I can. Oh, I'm can you? Okay. I
1: publisher call Okay. Okay. It's Life's uh, Camera, Action, Media Coaching for Professionals in Today's Virtual
0: World. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting because people need this now more than ever. This is amazing. Yes. This is amazing. And so this just kind of fell into your lap, it just happened overnight.
1: It, it did, but I was inserting myself, meeting great people mm-hmm. in this virtual world, you know, signing up for webinars and coachings and trainings and meeting people that were, I was seeing at that same level in the space and it led me down that path. I so mm-hmm. think it was being open to seeing what's out there, what opportunities are out mm-hmm. there. Who can I meet? I'm meeting more people virtually than I ever did when I was in the car a little bit more. Wow. I'm really enjoying that. But it's created opportunities and also meeting people who are also building businesses, who are also wise with their money, where I'm now letting go of the fear and asking questions. Hey, how are you managing that? What do you Mm -hmm. do with this? How do you handle this? And I am finally taking that fear off to even ask other people that I respect and admire that I see doing well. How are you doing? it? Would you mind sharing that with me? And I think that, that has been a big, a big page turn for me as well.
0: Well, I wanna kind of dovetail into something else here real quick, Amy, because you just mentioned something that there was a lot of opportunity for you in the sense that you were starting to talk to more people, you were getting creative, you, were, you didn't even probably know that this was gonna be the development of it. But there are so many people due to COVID that maybe had the opposite effect and where they didn't necessarily, you know, continue to work in their same career they might have permanently lost their their job. Um, and you've gotten into a place where you've gotten really creative here. And being that creative, what would you say to someone that's saying, gosh, how do I reinvent myself right now? And where to start? Because I think that's the big thing is people don't necessarily know where to start. Would you agree with that?
1: I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would start with knowing who you are, what your talents are. Whatever mm-hmm. industry where you're in, whether you're, you know, incredibly, you know, um, intellectual and and you know um, you you do analytical work or whether you're gregarious and out there and do that kind of work, there's something for everyone. And I think going in and maybe starting to find webinars or live rooms where people that are in the same mm-hmm. interest as you are at, sure. you're gonna find out that somebody may have started a business doing just that or somebody is you know Getting access to resources that are about just that, and I think inserting yourself and saying what resources are out there because there's so much now. Mm-hmm. There's so many entrepreneurs in every kind of business you could think of, and and regardless of your background or where you're from or what your skill was, there's probably some kind of a tool training group, live chat, you know, um, room group room that's in Facebook and everything else that you could join to start seeing. Wow, there's other people out there like me. Maybe mm-hmm. I should connect. Reach out and connect. Say, can mm-hmm. we meet? Can we meet virtually? And start sharing ideas. And just that can be inspiring. It got that me is, excited meeting mm-hmm. other people that were making the same decisions, even though they were in different businesses. And we were able to encourage each other. We have friends around the world now that we encourage each other mm-hmm. the last six months that I didn't even know who they were before then.
0: That's and incredible.
1: That has created a tremendous opportunity.
0: That's incredible. I mean, that's, that's an amazing part of the story here because it is about being creative and Getting, I mean, everyone's in the same boat. This is not just something in the United States. This is something that's global. You know, every, every person, I mean, I think it's amazing, Amy, that you even have people that you're talking to around the world now. Um, this is, this is a, a unique thing. Either people are going to be that unicorn and break out of the mold because of COVID, or some people will just become much more internalized. But we have to, we owe it to ourselves to break the mold to be that unicorn out there, to make sure that we are making a difference, and not only for um, our family's lives and ourselves, but what about for your community? Um, Amy, you probably were creating some of these thoughts and ideas, not even knowing that it would impact other people. Would you agree with that? Absolutely
1: agree. With yeah. That. I started it by just joining a few webinars and, and mm-hmm. getting connected, because you know, we were home, we were in our yoga pants. Okay, let me see who's out there. Let's see, you know, and then I was thinking, well, gosh, I wonder if I could host any of these. I'm always thinking of ways (laughs) how can I have opportunity to insert myself. And what ended up happening was so much bigger with resources, opportunities, trainings, tools, and people that I didn't even know was there. Mm It was a matter of just plugging in And a lot of it at the beginning, I was just a listener in the background, which I loved. And then I started being able to join into some live rooms and and live trainings and then got into some new circles that has transformed everything. And everybody has that opportunity at their fingertips right Mm -hmm. now. And even I even joined a a group that was women talking about money. And it inspired me on that. There was a great chat room and it was on Facebook and I got an invite and I said, I want to jump in there. I want to hear what they have to say. So even something that isn't my comfortable space I found a resource that I could go in and try to get more comfortable and now I have new friends that are willing to have those open honest conversations about money and their past fears of money because I inserted myself into that group
0: well Amy I know we're getting close to uh, running out of time here but uh, if someone wanted to talk to you about the services that you provide how could they get in touch with you what's the best way for them to get in touch with you
1: Amy and there's even an appointment, make an appointment right at the top of a phone call con- consultation. That's so great. And make an appointment
0: with me. Well, I always love having conversations with Miss Amy Scruggs. She's an amazing woman. She's very accomplished. I would definitely Google her name because you'll probably be very surprised by what she's accomplished over her lifetime. She's an amazing, amazing person. Uh, but I think the story here today is about... Pulling yourself into a creative mode and doing things that are not necessarily the most comfortable for you. If money is not your language, maybe you're not your language of love, um, maybe it's time to become intimate with that conversation and that relationship with money. And if you feel that you're being too secretive maybe with your family, maybe now is the time to start talking about the reasons why you did certain things or why you're doing certain things to be able to help accomplish um, you know, your goals, dreams, and, and uh, wishes. So. Uh, Beginning of the year, we're in season five now, which is great. Uh, Most New Year's resolutions are to get your finances in order, uh, your financial house in order. So if that's you, please don't procrastinate because life will get busy before you know it. Uh, But take action, take action now to get more education, whether it's certain things that Amy has suggested that she's done, or even if it's something where you call in for a consultation, or you can go to our site and uh, you can make an appointment on our site as well. So I want to say thank you so much, Amy, for being part of the show. It's always a pleasure to have you. And, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And it, it makes just such a such... difference in so many lives. Oh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we just, we just love you. And, and uh, you know, keep on subscribing to our show. Um, just click the subscribe link and there will be more shows to come from, from um, you know, future shows in the, in, in the near future. But hold on. We'll be right back. We're going to come back with a couple of questions. And we're going to close out today's uh, podcast of Ways to Live Your Money. Stay tuned. Wow, Amy is just a breath of fresh air. You know, she is a lady that has uh, come a long way, and she has gotten so creative with how she's creating her brand, her name, and the work that she's doing to reinvent herself. And now money is in abundance, and it's coming from many different resources for her. Uh, I hope your relationship with money is just as strong. And if it isn't, and now's the time to get a little bit of a tune-up, keep watching these shows you know, for Ways to Love Your Money or A Moment with Elizabeth or something out there just so it kind of triggers some thought and knowledge in your mind because if you make the investment into your education now, you're only going to be better for it in the long run. And again, thank you again, Amy, so much. Uh, you have been an incredible inspiration in my life and also helped with this show and uh, we couldn't be more proud of you. Uh, we do have an audience question, so we're gonna, we're gonna get this one called out to me from Rachel behind the scenes here, and I'm gonna try and answer it the best I can. I am concerned about taxes this year, especially with the stimulus check. Who should I talk to for help? You know, that's a really good question because most people don't realize that there's going to be taxes associated with the stimulus, uh, with uh, potentially uh, unemployment and most people weren't putting money aside. If that's you and that's your concern, now is the time where you should be seeking out a great you know tax professional so that they can sit with you, walk with you, talk with you, and go over your scenario. Every fourth quarter we always talk about doing a fourth quarter plan and go and review your taxes. but sometimes we just you know get caught up in the holidays and we forget all about that. Uh, there's been a lot more that's been getting in the way of us getting back to the things that are important. But now, do that first quarter review, start to collect all your tax documents, and I would be saving, 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 uh, because it's going to add to your taxable gross income. Uh, If you don't save enough, and you've been paying taxes in the past, well, you'll probably be paying more taxes now in the future. Uh, So a couple points to remember is that W-2s, 1099s won't come to you probably until the end of january if not the beginning of february so you'll want to collect all that tax documentation in addition to that if there's any write-offs that you have or mortgage interest or whatever it might be start to collect all those documents so that you can have a very strong and informative conversation with a tax professional if you need a little help getting ready for that that's something that we can do with our firm you're welcome to give us a call at 619-640-2622 We'll get you on the calendar. We can talk about it for 15 to 20 or 30 minutes and we can see exactly what your concerns are. And if we can help you with that a little bit more intimately, great. If we can help you get ready to, you know, meet with a really great tax professional, then that would be our our love and intention too. So I hope you like the beginning of season number five. We hope you stayed tuned. We'll be back next week with another episode. And you know what? Let's just cheer on 2021 and let's make it the best year ever. Even amongst the pandemic, let's make it the best year ever. Let's have an intentional new year and let's have an intentional wish list of goals that we want to accomplish and achieve this year. And our biggest goal should be having a better relationship with money and the respect for what we work so hard for. Let's live abundantly and let's enjoy life to the fullest. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week.